to the Humanity Church Podcast, a place where meaningful conversations around living by faith, being known by love, and becoming a voice of hope are shared with the world every week. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and will join us live on Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, online or at the historic Fox Theater in beautiful downtown Pomona. We also host humanity groups that meet all throughout the city and online to continue the conversation and support you in your ongoing spiritual journey. Find one near you by visiting humanitychurch.com. If you would like to financially support this podcast or the ongoing work at Humanity Church, you can text any donation amount to 84321 and give directly from your phone. Now, here's this week's podcast. Good morning, Humanity. My name is Marla Neighbor. I am one of our communicators and connections pastor here at Humanity Church. Let me pray for our time today. Lord, thank you for what you've already done. Thank you for just the visual of a family who is committed to raising a kid uh, up in your ways. Thank you for a world where kids have hope and where there is something to live for. God, thank you that you are our sustainer. You are here and you are ready to transform hearts and minds. So bring that home to our hearts and minds today in a real way and let us not leave the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Several years ago, uh, I hadn't yet learned the art of delegation and empowerment. And uh, one of our very own, some of you know her, Shara Williams. If you know her, you love her. I'm certain of it. Uh, I, was, I was sort of a one-man show when it came to our Sunday logistics. I had my hands in everything. And uh, I loved it that way. I would have said that I wanted more help. I would have said, oh, yes, please, like, come help. But in reality, no. Like, I wanted to do it all. And uh, I remember one particular Sunday um, after several people had asked to help uh, with tearing down and putting the coffee away. I'm like, you know, brushing all the grinds out of the coffee maker top. And meanwhile, I have... Uh, as usual, someone who had a need and was coming up wanting to have a decent conversation, like actual eye contact, get prayer. And this woman was crying and I was praying for her. I was cleaning out the coffee grinds and I didn't have a hand, so I was like affectionately using my elbow to touch her as I prayed for her as she cried as I was cleaning out the coffee grinds. And after the same person who had come up to me several times prior to that, Shara, and I had said, I'm good, thanks. She looked at me in the eyes and she put her hand on my hand and she said, Marla, let me help you. And I was like, oh, I got it. And a switch flipped in that moment. I think everyone knows, what is the first step to addiction recovery? Admit you have a problem. Now, how many of you, by show of hands, if you so choose, would say that you are recovering from a I'm good thinks mentality? Anyone ever have that experience? Anyone have a family member or a friend who is recovering from the I'm good thinks mentality that you are trying to help? You're like, help me help you so I can be in this with you. There, uh, there's something that's haunted me in the best way for years uh, that Nathan's 
grandfather told me once. Now, Nathan's grandfather and grandmother, if you don't know, Ralph and Ruth Neighbor, in certain circles, they are legends in the church world because they have created and been a part of sustaining beautiful and powerful movements of Jesus all over the world, ranging from uh, Ukraine to Brazil to the Ivory Coast and Korea and everywhere in between. There's like 10 countries I'm not even naming where they have personally supported and watched churches go from tens to hundreds to thousands to tens and tens and tens of thousands as a result of this outpouring of the Spirit of Christ through this movement. And I remember one day sitting with them and Ralph, whom I affectionately know as Popol, he, uh, he told me that out of all the places that he's been, that he has yet to see the kind of movement he's seen in all these other countries happen in quite the same way in the U.S. And, I mean, the natural question, why? Why is that? And he said, it's because we are addicted to independence and that there is a, um, a desire to do it on our own in a way that doesn't keep you dependent on others or utterly and desperately dependent on God. Now, the definition of independence means free from outside control and not being dependent on another. So in Isaiah chapter 40, which we're going to spend just a few moments on, the Israelites were years and years into a really, really difficult ongoing circumstances. Okay, these guys are no stranger to suffering, and they're burnt out. They had gone yet again from this posture of being hand in hand with God, not knowing maybe what's coming down the road, but being able to see one step in front of them at a time, trusting God, being uh, faithful to listen and follow his ways, to a posture of heart that says, I know best, and I know more than God does. That's where they're at in this passage. And they're complaining. And this is their complaint. Their complaint is that because things do not look or feel the way that I think they should, that God must surely have lost track of us. God must surely not care about us. Can anyone relate to a moment in your life where you feel like, man, why does God have everyone else's back but mine? Or where is he? Why didn't he show up? Where's he been? My job, my kids, my family doesn't look like what it should look like. My finances, my circumstances, my health doesn't look like what I think it should look like. God must not care. So I need to take things into my own hands. So here's Isaiah's response to that starting in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. 
There's our animal reference. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not be faint. Now, how many of us today carry a, even if it's a subtle, weariness in our bodies because just this last week alone, we encountered issues, we encountered setbacks, we encountered hopes that didn't come to fruition the way they thought they were, and we maybe a little, if any at all, acknowledge our desire and desperation for God's help in the process. I'm just take a little self-accounting. How many times this week did I say, whew, Lord, I need you. I need your help. Step one, admit that you have an independence problem. Just acknowledging it from the beginning and, okay, I'm good, thanks, kind of problem. And I'm not secure enough in my identity to ask for help kind of problem. And if I'm honest, I don't want anyone to control me or I don't want to be dependent on anyone, let alone fully dependent on God kind of problem. It's a thing. Because to not be in in control feels like being out of control, right? Wrong. Wrong. Because You only feel out of control when you don't trust the person that you're relying on. When you are sharing a load with someone that you trust, isn't it the best? I mean, it's the best. Like your, your work multiplies. It feels like you're not alone in it. It feels like you've had your strength renewed. Like someone has your back. Like someone actually cares. And, you know, with the Sunday thing, the logistics and coffee and all of that, it it took some prying out of my hands. But once I made that conscious choice to actually say, you know what, I need help. I can tell you that that was one of the best decisions I had made all year because it not only allowed other people to be in community with me to actually uh, welcome everything that came with that, but it also freed me up to use my gifts and to use my strength and to actually get some energy back for the things that I was created for. And it was beautiful. So this conversation, it isn't about coming to God strong and him making you a little bit stronger. This is about admitting that we don't have enough strength without him. That just going to him and letting him know, Lord, I cannot do this without you. At least not to the, to the biggest version of what I'm up to. It's not just, not just about work or projects, but trusting God to take on our fears, our worries, our anxiety, our dread, our hopes for the future. We need you, God, for the future, for what you are creating and building in me. I've been skydiving once. My husband, my husband literally, I've never heard these words out of his mouth. He said, Marla, I forbid you to go skydiving again. <laughs> I was like, who are you? I've never heard those words, but apparently I'm not allowed to go again. But I went, I went once, thankfully, before I met Nathan. And it's, 
the closest I've ever gotten to what I imagine it would feel to soar like an eagle and be living in the full appreciation of knowing that the God of the universe has his entire wind at my back. That is exhilarating. That is that is worth waking up for. That is that is joy-filled. Whoa, like what in the world can my day look like when I know that I have the God of the universe at my back who is willing to uh, break down paths and is willing to take on the burdens that I carry, who's willing to lighten that load, who's willing to say, I go before you and I do have enough strength and you're gonna do this on my strength and not on your own because can you imagine doing life and maybe many of us can without having any any help at all, let alone the help of the God of the universe who's just on the edge of a seat, ready to hand it out anytime you ask. Jesus never backed down from a promise. Jesus is the promise. He is God's word to us in human form. And if we can't trust him, if we can't trust him with his promise of hope, his promise of making the load lighter, his promise of wanting to take all of our insecurities, our fears, our, even our greatness and all the things that comes with that and pave a way for us. If we can't trust in that, then that's honestly a pretty soul-crushing world to be in, to know that my strength alone is what's supposed to get me through today. No, thank you. God is not, he's not too great to care for you. He is, he is so great that he can do nothing but care for you. He is for you. And, you know, maybe for those of us who have been following Jesus for a long time, we might feel really clear and empowered and to be able to say something ironically like, God, I, I do trust you. I trust you with my life. But maybe at some point along the way, your hand slipped out of his and you picked up control, control over some area of your life that you were never meant to shoulder, never meant to carry on your back. And that is exhausting. And even if it's a little daily thing, an addiction, an ongoing pattern, that thing, you know that thing. You know that thing where you're like, why am I here again? Why do I do this thing? That thing. God is saying, I want you to trust me, not just with your life, but with this too. What do you have your grip on? What do your fingers need to be pried off of by just saying the phrase, God, I admit I have an independence problem and I need you. Things are not going to always look like what they should be. And, you know, maybe like the Israelites, they trusted in God at first and they did a pretty darn good job of it. I mean, you've got to be pretty trusting to follow 
a pillar of fire and a cloud of smoke and going in this one direction, eating the manna provided and just keep heading on that direction day after day after day, year after year, as people grow old, as they die, but then it turned into a decade and then another decade. And then they got weary of trusting this God that they decided no longer had their best at heart. And then for those of you who don't yet personally know Jesus, you know, maybe you've been in and out of the church scene or you've kind of been around this conversation, but you've never had a moment where you have fully trusted God with your whole life. Maybe you've trusted him with all but that one junk room closet. You know what I'm talking about? Everyone's got it. Everyone's got that closet where you like cram everything in, you shut the door and hope nobody ever opens it, lock that baby. Maybe you've trusted him with part, but today is the day where he's asking you to trust him with the whole deal. This is a moment for you to step fully into that exhilarating, soaring, freeing kind of life today. So here's what we're going to do. This is how we roll at humanity sometimes, for those who are new to this. Uh, We're going to uh, have a question that's up here on this screen. And we're going to give you a few minutes just to look at the person next to you, maybe two or three of you. Turn to someone. If you're alone, join, like have someone join in with you or just tap the shoulder of the person next to you and say, hey, let's talk. Um, And so here's a question we're going to put on the board for you to consider. What is one area, just one, where you are working out of your own strength? What are you willing to do today, today, says today, as an act of trusting God for his strength in that area instead? So one area where you're working out of your own strength, and what are you willing to do today as an act of trusting God for his strength in that area instead? Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope that it was a meaningful experience and look forward to having you listen in next week for another conversation from the heart and soul of Humanity Church. You can find more information about our community at www.humanitychurch.com.